I invite you now to take a breath in and to slowly breathe out. The road of history is long, full of both hope and disappointment. In times past, there have been wars and rumors of wars, violence and exploitation, hunger and homelessness, and destruction of this earth, your creation. We have become a global village with a growing realization of how fragile this earth is and how interconnected we are to each other and to all creation. We cannot continue to live in the old way. We must make a change, see a new way, a way toward peace with justice and a healthy planet. Oh, great creative spirit, you have a, given us a vision of the good and we yearn for a new way. But where are we to find the courage to begin this work? We know that a different tomorrow is possible, but how can we build it? We think of the prophets who voiced unpopular opinions, who made personal sacrifices, and sometimes lost their lives for the sake of justice. We think of Isaiah, who called out to let those who are held in captivity go free, to give solace to the poor and homeless. Let us be inspired by all who work to overcome misery, poverty, and exploitation. We think of Harriet Tubman, who called out to people of goodwill to join her on an underground railroad, to lift a dehumanized people from the bondage of slavery to the promise of freedom, even when it meant challenging unjust laws. Let us be inspired by those who are outlaws for freedom. We think of Gandhi, whose belief in soul force, the witness to love's truth, helped to overthrow the oppression of an empire and gave witness to the way of nonviolent action. Let us be inspired to become witnesses for peace. We think of Chief Seattle, who reminded us that we belong to the earth, not the earth to us. Let us be inspired by all those who work for the healing of creation, of Mother Earth and all her creatures. Who are the prophets that inspire you? They may be well known or known only to you, offering personal inspiration, courage, and hope. May they join a great cloud of witnesses to a new way of life, the way of peace and justice, the way of justice lived according to the way of peace the beloved community. So may it be. Amen and Lachey. So today for our message, I am still gonna need this, I think. Um, we're going to do an activity that was created by UU Unitarian Universalist religious credentialed educator, Gail Forsyth Vale. And I'm gonna need some participation. You don't have to speak, you just have to stand up here. So. so this is the time of year. When Kwanzaa comes, followed closely by the birthday of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The message spoken quietly in African-American homes at Kwanzaa is shouted to the world two weeks later at the birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Even if we are not African-American, there's a lot that Candles with Kwanzaa can teach us. The Kwanzaa candles are seven, three red, a black, and three green. The black candles is a celebration of being black, of unique and special qualities each person brings to the whole family or community. It is a candle of the present of today. The green candles are vision candles, candles of hope, dreams, and promises for the future. The red candles are struggle, past candles, candles of the color of blood, candles of the color of courage. All seven candles help African-Americans to remember a long struggle against injustice, against unfairness, and to promise each other that we will continue to work together against injustice. Today, we honor the struggle for justice with an activity. I will need some help with this activity, as I said before. And this activity tells the story of African-Americans in a way that may be new to some. I will silently ask you to come forward to stand as I share the story. As you come forward, please form a line across the front here. So we're going to begin. It's a family affair here. Jamestown. You represent the children of those people born between 1625 and 1650, and you are enslaved. You represent the children's childrens of those Jamestown slaves born between 1650 and 1675, and you remain enslaved. You represent the children's children's children of those Jamestown slaves born between 1675 and 1700, and many of your generation remain enslaved. I'm gonna need you to move down, please. You represent the children's 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 children of those Jamestown slaves born between 1700 and 1725. Many white people have come to the country and taken land from their towns and cities. The cities and towns are doing well, but you remain enslaved. You represent the children's 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 children, children, born between 1725 and 1750. The Native Americans who used to live in the area have been driven out to make way for the expanding white population. The number of cities and towns that these British colonies now need, but still you remain enslaved.
you represent the children's children, children's 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 children born between 1750 and 1775. These British colonies have begun a way of independence stating that all men are created equal, but you remain enslaved. You represent the children's, 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 children, born between 1775 and 1800. These British colonies are now a country, the United States of America. Many Native peoples have lost their lands as the United States has become bigger and bigger. The cotton gen has been invented, meaning that the farmers can grow lots more cotton and make a lot of money. It takes a lot of people to take care of the cotton. Many white people choose to get the people they need with cotton by buying more enslaved peoples. Those thousands more West African people are kidnapped from their homes and arrive in chains, and you also remain enslaved. You represent the children's, 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 children, born between 1800 and 1825. The country is twice as big as it was just a few years ago. Many white people are going west, looking for more places to build towns and cities. The cloth mills in the north are hungry for cotton, so farmers in the south grow more and more, needing more and more slaves. As more and more slaves arrive, you too remain enslaved. You represent the children's, 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 children of children born between 1825 and 1850. The Indian Removal Act of 1830 is pushing Native Americans from their land. Many are slaughtered. In 1848, the United States takes a huge piece of Mexico and now rules over its Spanish-speaking citizens. There are now groups of people writing and speaking against slavery, but you still remain enslaved. And you represent the children's, 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 children, children of the Jamestown slaves born between 1850 and 1875. The country has fought a civil war. The railroads have been built by Irish and Chinese workers. The Indian wars continue in the West as native peoples are forced into small areas of land called reservations. Slavery has been officially outlawed. You are no longer a slave, but people in power are working hard to limit your rights. You represent the children's, 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 
children's 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 children. Born between 1875 and 1900, there are now laws limiting who may come to this country and who may not. The Supreme Court has declared that whites and people of color ought to be separated. You are no longer a slave, but the laws say you have fewer rights and privileges than white people. You represent the children's children, children's 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 children. Born between 1900 and 1925, a world war is fought in this time, and women are finally allowed to vote. You still live and work under laws that separate you from white people. You represent the children's 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 born between 1925 and 1950. The country suffers the Great Depression when many people lose their jobs, then fights in the Second World War. Just like in the rest of society, people of color in the army are kept separated from white people. Whole towns full of new homes are built after the war for the returning soldiers. People of color are not allowed to live in those towns. You represent the children born in 1950, between 1950 and 1975. This is the time of the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King. At long last, the children's 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 children children of Jamestown slaves have achieved equality under the law. You represent the generation of today. As this time period begins, you are the second to live in this country since slavery and segregation were outlawed. It is up to your generation to retell the story of the past, to understand the struggle, and to have dreams about the future. This demonstration of the long-term discrimination, and violence, and trauma remind me of something that Brian Stevenson said in his Just Mercy book. Remember a few years ago, it was a you, you come and read, and now it's a movie? Brian Stevenson said something about, it's not a coincidence that the descendants of this history still experience struggle. There is no reason not to understand that. I wonder about that. Um, we look at economics, income, education, opportunity. This is the history, and the struggle continues. Thank you. You can go to your seats.
Kwanzaa. It's a history that's not about explorers or wars or presidents or building cities. It's a story of a long, long struggle for people of color to be treated fairly in the United States. To those who are white Americans, the candles raise a question. What is my relationship to these red candles, which honor the many years of struggle of racial justice? What is my relationship to the green candles, which proclaim a dream of the future, where there is justice for everyone? It is important to understand the red ones before we light the green candles. If we don't understand the red ones, the green ones will not make sense. Our history of enslavement, segregation, and discrimination were meant to refuse the rights of African Americans to define ourselves, to receive fair economic compensation for our labor, to apply our creative solutions to community problems. How can we understand the depth of these hopes for justice and fairness if we do not understand the struggle and sacrifice that have gone before? We all benefit when we understand how our forebears fit into the history we just told. We need to begin to learn about the claim that these history struggle candles present. The red of struggle when our ancestors first came to this land, the red of courage as they made for themselves a place in America, and the red of shame as we've learned who they stepped over and on in order to gain that place. The Kwanzaa candles encourage white folks to learn what it means to be white in the United States. Learn what your forebears exchanged for a place in the American melting pot. As we each search for and claim the red, the past, our past, we, be we can begin to truly envision a fair world, a world of justice, e equity, and compassion in human relationships. Kwanzaa also encourages us to claim our present. We must come to know what personal gifts we bring to the struggle against injustice. What are we willing to do to fight unfairness? I'd like you to think for a moment, what is your family history? What are the stories of your grandparents and great-grandparents? What do they have to tell you about justice and injustice, about opportunity, about struggle, about triumph, and about failure? If you don't hold these memories and stories in your mind and heart, feel that empty space where they should be. Think about why you don't know more about your forebears' struggles and courage and shame. And perhaps now is the time to fill in those empty spaces. How do we fill in those spaces? Well, we listen to our elders as they share their stories. As elders, we share our stories. We read books like How the Irish Became White and learn what European immigrants gave up to become Americans. There is a pattern there that might help you understand your own family's journey and the racial tensions in our nation. There is also the beloved conversations group that are starting here at our church. And the Baha'i group has a racial justice film and book discussion group that I hope to take more part of this year. Finally, the green Kwanzaa candles tell us to claim hope, to envision a future where all people are part of the story. Think about you today. What are your experiences, your gifts, your understandings? What is it you're willing to commit to the struggle for justice for all people? Think about your vision, your vision for tomorrow. And what are your dreams for our beloved community? What are your dreams for the nation? Dr. Martin Luther King has a famous speech in 1963, the I Have a Dream speech. 
He talks about black children and white children standing hand in hand in the second half of his speech. In the first half, he talks about the history of unfairness toward African Americans in this country. We often skip over that part of the speech, listening only to the I have a dream part. We wear t-shirts and hang posters and sing songs and hold hands, all good things, and say I have a dream. But the dream is the green part of the Kwanzaa message, the vision for a wonderful future. The part we skip over is the red part of the Kwanzaa message, the story of injustice. We skip the first half of Dr. King's speech and go straight to the second. I believe if we simply claim the green, the vision, without understanding the red, the struggle, we cannot read the I have a dream speech without hearing the call to let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Dr. King's words so many years later still call out to us. They tell us that we have to learn our own stories. We have to name them and claim them, all of the events which brought us to this place. Only we can uncover and embrace our past and create a dream of the future together. Pretty heavy. But may we stand together now and sing We Shall Overcome, and then we'll go right into Lean On Me. So please stand and body your spirit as you're able, and we'll sing We Shall Overcome. I'm going to say it to myself. I'm going to, just, I'm going to lead it. Ready? We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. Oh, deep in my heart. I shall all be free. We shall all be free. We shall all be free. We shall all be free Please get your hymnals and we'll sing Lean On Me, number 1021.
<clears throat> in a moment, I will extinguish the chalice and then read our benediction and we'll sing our closing blessing. As a congregation that welcomes many ways of being in the world, I invite you, if you'd rather not be touched by others, to place your arms across you or reach out hands to those near you. I will not extinguish our chalice, but not the light of truth, the warmth of commitment, or the fire of commitment. These we carry with us until we are together again. In our closing moments of worship, we leave here renewed in our commitment to be of one mind, a mind stayed on justice, have compassion towards each other, love one another as brothers and sisters, bless each other, knowing that we are called to the ministry of love. We go forth from this place in one accord in the spirit of Kwanzaa, unity, self-determination, cooperative economics, collective work and responsibility, purpose, creativity, and faith. And in this spirit, we can build a better world. Blessed be and amen. Now let us sing our sung blessing. Mm -hmm.